1: People are central to all that we do. We want everybody who joins our team, from the hourly to the most senior, to really feel like they can grow their career here at Shake Shack if they want to.
0: To me, the term fast food seems a little old school, right? Just grab your food and go, pretty cold and sterile. Fortunately, that's changing. In fact, today's great concepts don't have to sacrifice speed for great service or a powerful brand connection. At the end of the day, the guest experience warrants just as much investment as the food itself.
1: So you're gonna see a lot more investment from us, you know, in the coming years around making sure that, you know, guests who come to us in our shacks, they have a great experience. Guests who visit us through our app or web also have a great guest experience and we're able to communicate with them on a regular cadence um, and provide them ways to surprise and delight.
0: Being a public company can be hard. Small missteps can have outsized consequences. I'm Tom Ryan, founder and CEO of ICR. And over the last 20 years, we've helped thousands of companies understand and navigate the stock market and the media. We'll demystify these and other increasingly complex stakeholder groups so you can focus on what you do best, building your company and unlocking your true potential. This is Welcome to the Arena. The restaurant landscape is littered with failure. This is because companies have to excel at so many things simultaneously. Innovative food, great service, a welcoming atmosphere, cleanliness, and speed. And those things seem pretty simple, but they have to be delivered every day, every meal, across hundreds, even thousands of locations. It's really not so simple. CFO Katie Fogarty and her team are doing just that at Shake Shack. While the COVID pandemic caused many concepts to scale back, Shake Shack is squarely on offense, accelerating initiatives on every front. And they have the balance sheet and the operational expertise to make it happen. On today's episode, you'll hear about Shake Shack's digital transformation, their real estate strategy, their investment in their team members, and how they're leveraging their financial strength and flexibility to create value and win. Let's enter the arena with Katie Fogarty. Welcome to the podcast, Katie.
1: Thank you so much, Tom. It's it's great to be here.
0: It's such an interesting transition. I was a sell-side analyst for almost 10 years. I followed the casino business, which was probably as fun as restaurants, but um, when you considered uh, making that transition to, you know, working for a company as a CFO, you know, were you hesitant about it? Was there anxiety that came with the transition? Like, how did you approach it from kind of being somebody who was sitting back and judging companies to kind of the one being judged every 90 days?
1: How I would really frame it is I was so excited for the opportunity um, it's something that I've wanted to do for a very long time. Um, and as you know, you know, sitting on the sell side, we spent much of our time sitting there analyzing opportunities. Figuring out benchmarking companies against each other, just sitting there in our, with our Excel spreadsheets, being like, if only they would do X Y Z, their stock would go up 40 percent, and all these really cool things. Um, and I certainly loved it. And you know, talking investments with people is you know part of my DNA um, and will always be. Um, but what I also really yearned was just the ability to put you know instead of putting pen to paper put uh, my thoughts and my views to action. Um, And so that to me has been the most exciting um, part of this entire journey. Um, You know, I've went from, you know, talking to company management teams and some of the most thoughtful investors um, in the world about the opportunities that I saw for shareholder value to now be able to sit in a seat where I can um, help deliver on those ideas and work with people who know their business so well and are so thoughtful um, about how they approach each of the individual subsectors that they deal with, kind of bringing together a holistic story. Uh, it's just very rewarding. Um and also, at the same time, it you know it, it also kind of brings a whole new humility to the whole um, conversation. You know, as a as an analyst, I think many think that they have all the answers in the room. And sitting on this side of the table, you can see that the the reality is very nuanced. It's very complex. Um, and you know, certainly, I have more more data at my fingertips than I ever could have had on the other side of the table. Um, and it, it just gives me a far richer appreciation.
0: You know, when you're sitting there uh, as an analyst, you're kind of a lone wolf. You know, you have a little team and you're analyzing everything, but you you alluded to those conversations where you have your model and you're working on that. But it's, it's easy to grow a business on a spreadsheet, right? But then you got to really do it. Like you're in a position where you're like doing it, you know, which is like really tough. What um, versus your expectations of coming in into Shake Shack, like what was kind of, what was something you didn't expect in the job that maybe just was either a surprise or something that you, know, you didn't really appreciate when you were on the sell side?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it goes back to, it's so easy to put everything into a spreadsheet and you can you know, come up with all these amazing things, um, but really living in the reality of the moment Um, especially for the restaurant um, industry right now. I mean, we have labor um, headwinds. There are cost pressures on our business. Um, All of the things that we would love to do are just, it's just a little harder to do them right now. Um, But that being said, you know, I was always a big believer in the potential for Shake Shack Um, and sitting on this side of the table. Well, it's it's hard. It's a lot of work and it requires a great deal of, of grit and never giving up. I am ever more entrenched right now about what the long-term opportunity is here for the company.
0: Yeah. And so you get in kind of in June of, of 21, you know, you saw the, you know, the whole scare and uncertainty of 2020, but June of 21, you know, you're not totally out of the woods yet. You know, there's a lot going on. Uh, in fact, you'll probably look back on this experience as the most gratifying in your career, just having, having to deal with all the the curveballs coming your way. Um, Where do things stand stand right now with COVID and and kind of the recovery? I mean, do you feel you guys are squarely back on offense or still kind of playing defense in a way?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's hard to – there's a couple of points there. So – First of all, while it's a very challenging time for the industry, I do believe there's never been a better time to learn the industry. Um, And really, you know, some of these extreme challenges that that we're seeing have provided just a super unique opportunity to um, really peel the onion here and really learn and see, you know, why we do certain things and if there is opportunity Um, So for that, I'm really um, grateful. You know, I was uh, lucky to have survived the financial crisis uh, sitting in a trading seat. And I kind of um, compare, you know, those pressures that the banking industry saw then to, you know, what what the restaurant industry and the broader hospitality industry is facing with COVID Um, and, you know, just having the perseverance and the will and the grit to keep going um, and keep looking for opportunity, even when things are hard. I think is ever more important than it's you know more important than it's ever been. Um, and we don't know when COVID will go away. We're certainly hopeful that you know the pressures will continue to ease, but it's just hard to say. Um, however, what I am really proud about, and if you go back to my prior work, you you will see you know my headline was always digital drives bites um the digital transformation of this company is truly amazing and i think has the power to unlock a lot of opportunity for new ways of engaging with our guests going forward um just last quarter you know we reported that 42% of our sales happened in digital channels. That's a significant acceleration to what this company was like prior to the pandemic. Um, we've been able to retain 80% of the guests that we um, were able to get during the peak of the pandemic um, last year. And all of this is happening while at the same time we're seeing a very strong recovery um, ever in Shack sales. So that's telling us, and we're seeing you know, guests are coming back to Shake Shack, they're coming back to the experiences they love, but they're also really excited about this new digital ecosystem and they're learning to use us in that way as well. And when I look at the ways that our guests, you know, take in the menu in the digital ecosystem, whether it's through our app or through kiosk, and how they are much, you know, they're very interested. They'll try and, and add on items. Um, it just gives me a lot of excitement for what is to come as we continue to, to pursue those channels. While at the same time, being on a, you know, having a relentless commitment to having and uh, delivering great, you know, great guest experience and really providing enlightened hospitality through all of our channels. Um, we recently redid our website, um, and that's a great example of taking, you know, something that was in our digital ecosystem and really expanding on it, making that web uh, uh, web journey just so much easier for our guests.
0: Yeah, it seems uh, to me that the whole digital transformation, and that means different things to different people probably, but it's just table stakes, right? It's, it's not a nice to have, it's a must have. And I would imagine that your shareholders uh, are encouraging you to, uh, spend money smartly and allocate capital smartly. But this is a bucket that that you just have to be uh, investing in. I always, I always hate the term, like, you know, we're spending on this, we're spending on that. It's really an investment, right? Because it's going to come back to the business.
1: Totally. Um, and I believe in that very deeply. You know, while digital, you know, you could say it's table stakes, it hasn't been, you know, the, the investments have not been made equally across the ecosystem. And then another point of differentiation that I think will really show its way in the coming years is people's commitment to the guest experience in, in the digital channels. And this being a company that's rooted in digital ho- or in, in, in providing enlightened hospitality, we really do believe that experience should sit through all channels. So you're gonna see a lot more investment from us, you know, in the coming years around making sure that, you know, guests who come, to us in our shacks. They have a great experience. Guests who visit us through our app or web also have a great guest experience and we're able to communicate with them on a regular cadence um, and provide them ways to surprise and delight.
0: Yeah, I, I was thinking that a lot of times when you hear digital transformation and apps and all this stuff, it sounds a little cold, but in a way this might enable you to elevate the hospitality game and connect even better with your customers? Is that accurate?
1: Yeah. I mean, we're we're about providing a very personalized experience. And so the way that we're looking at leveraging digital is not just to have a whole database to track and, and see our users. It's actually to engage with them on a very personal level um, and you'll see you know opportunities that we provide them based on things that they're interested in or you know really uh, are you know care about as ways for us to surprise and delight them. Um, and again, it's about providing you know that hospitality, that great guest experience, in whatever way that people want to come to us.
0: Katie, how do how do you think you know? It's uh, this is an issue that makes like an analyst head explode sometimes, right? Because you're spending a lot of money. There's no like direct ROI on it, but how does it affect the PL over time? In your opinion?
1: Yeah, um, and it's something that I you know we look at on a very regular basis. Um, The you know the bottom line is we know that once we get a guest into our digital channels. Once we get them as an app user, they spend more with us. They're more loyal. They come more frequently. We're able to engage with them on a much more personal level. Um, and so you know that is a key cornerstone to building our long-term business. Um, and it's something that we believe that is just mission critical um, for us as we go forward. There's other areas of digital that you know span beyond the app. Um, part of it has to do with you know our different types of formats and the way that we have enabled the digital guests to come and pick up their food in the restaurant itself. Um, we have ShackTrack, which is a broad platform of um, ways that our guests can come into our restaurant or better get our their food. Um, one is curbside. So, you know, you can go on your app, order your food ahead of time, stay in your car and leave and we'll bring it out to you. And then you can drive off. Um, we also have pickup shelves um, or in some restaurants, we have pickup windows where you can walk up. Um, we've opened a couple of restaurants over the past year that have a drive up window where our app users can just stay in their car and just drive up Pick up the food and go on, um, and then we're really excited um, that next month we're going to be opening up our first drive through, um, and that will just further expand uh, the ability for us to deliver, you know, our amazing food, a great guest experience, and an even more convenience.
0: Yeah. So um, I was reading about that. It's you know it it seems like it's the next natural progression for Shake Shack, and I think that um, you know everything I just heard you say speaks to a much more flexible real estate format than maybe people think, like you actually have lots of options on how to please the guests through the format. How, you know, I'm sure in in the CFO role, you are constantly crunching the numbers on, okay, here's the new format. What's the ROI? What are the four wall margins in that? Um, I, I assume that you feel like you have a lot of flexibility in in how you take advantage of the market opportunity going forward in terms of what you spend on the restaurant and what the returns are and things of that nature.
1: Yeah. Um, So we have about, you know, 350 locations worldwide today, and those span a bunch of different formats. Um, Some of those are in our licensed business, so um, our partners run them um and but the majority of those are company owned um and when you look at our portfolio it really spans across you know a whole bunch of formats this is a company that started off as a hot dog stand in Madison Square Park and you know we still have that wonderful you know MSP location that we call it and it's just a great flagship restaurant we have a, you know a number of these super iconic flagship restaurants around the world but we also have smaller formats we have you know, some in urban centers um, where, you know, they might have a smaller dining room. Others have larger dining rooms. And then, you know, a, a decent chunk of our portfolio is in suburban markets. Um, and that is really, you know, those those stores, especially in the freestanding um, and the kind of those walk-up uh, mall locations the shopping center locations, those have really outperformed um, during COVID. And, you know, we were really impressed with the, you know, double digit uh, gains that we've been seeing, especially in those freestanding and, and walking shopping center locations. Um, we have some locations that are in malls um, in the suburbs, and those certainly have, have seen more headwinds um, than others. But Overall, you know, we have a very varied uh, portfolio and we just consistently learn and we see the trends that we're seeing in markets. And that really helps to inform our real estate strategy. Um, Again, we talked about, you know, opening up our first drive through at the end of this year. Um, We're targeting 45 to 50 new uh, new restaurant openings next year. That's going to be the most restaurants we've ever opened in a year in this company's history. We are really accelerating growth. Um, and you know, up to 10 of those by the end of next year are going to be drive-through. We are also going to have a number of drive up and all of those locations are going to have an element or more of shack track. So it's something that we are very, very invested in learning, um, on drive-through specifically, we're not lost on the fact that so much of the industry's traffic goes through the drive-through. And frankly, we've just never played in that lane. Um, so this will open up a brand new, you know, roadway for us to really grow and develop and see how our guests want to use um, and visit us. Um, and we're really excited for what that could be. Uh, we have a number of different formats, which we'll be putting out there in the next you know, year or two so that we can test and learn and see kind of what works best for Shake Shack. Um, but it's something I'm incredibly excited for.
0: Yeah, and you know, the the scale that you guys have in the balance sheet allows you to take these chances and learn, and that's not a luxury that other companies have in the industry. But you, you bring up something that I think is uh, really important and uh, and kind of eye-opening. With an aggressive development schedule like that, um, kind of the at the end of the day, you're in a people business. The culture internally at the company, investing in your people. Maybe you can talk a little bit about what you're doing there to ensure that they really are part of the team, part of the family, and how they, um, you know, make sure that they're on point with the hospitality that you guys want to deliver every day with the guests.
1: Yeah, um, couldn't agree more that people are central to all that we do. We want everybody who joins our team from the hourly to the most senior to really feel like they can, you know, grow their career here at Shake Shack if they want to. Um, We, you know, it's very clear that our hourly team members, they can come in, we provide entire career development for them to work up through the ranks, they can be a GM making six figures. I mean, this happens a lot. Uh, We have plenty of evidence of it, and it's something that, you know, if you look at our growth profile and all the shacks, you know, again, going through opening up the most restaurants we've ever opened before and having a very strong pipeline here, you know, we are investing heavily in our people. In the middle of uh, the year, we announced a $10 million investment in our team members. Um, This was a really big move for us. You know, COVID was so hard on our teams and they stepped up in such a massive way. We really wanted to, you know, thank them for the hard work. We raised rates, uh, wages for a number of our restaurants. We implemented uh, signing bonuses and retention bonuses and really as a way to say thank you. And it's something that we continue to do. Um, That was not, you know, kind of a one and done uh, type of situation. You know, we continue to want to evaluate where we can um, be more, you know, more competitive and give our team members the wages that, you know, the market dictates. On that point, too, you know, we are continuing to grow and develop leaders. So I talked about how we want to make sure that we have a career path for all of our employees here. Um, Part of the program, we we have many programs here to help with that. Um, Part of it is all in where we have great uh, leadership and diversity training and uh, target groups here for our team members to uh, network and, and enjoy mentorship with. Um, We also have a shift up program, which we're very proud about. Um, We take our highest performing hourly team members. We invest a lot on their leadership and development training and put them on a career trajectory towards a management position. Um, and that to us is, is a really important pipeline um, for our, our team members and our teams that we're growing as we're looking to add 45 to 50 new shacks next year. Um, we also have a bunch of mentorship series that we offer to our employees, as well as you know diversity and inclusion metrics as well.
0: One thing that keeps customers coming back to any restaurant is exciting new menu options. I asked Katie how Shake Shack approaches menu innovation and how it ties into other strategies like their digital rollout and transformation.
1: Menu innovation to me is one of the more exciting opportunities of the job. And certainly testing culinary is never a bad day here. Um, But, you know, really, when we think about what menu innovation can do and the different levers we have here, you know, I would break it into a couple of different segments. Um, So one thing you've heard us talk a lot about uh, recently has been giving our guests the opportunity to put a premium spin on their order. So, you know, right now you can go in the app and you're ordering a Shack burger. Let's say you want to add avocado to that. We'll let you do that. There's bacon. Uh, Right now we're running um, our LTO of black truffle, which has shallots on it. So we're now allowing our guests to add shallots to um, other menu items as well. And while you know this all sounds kind of small in the grand scheme of things, it's actually hugely important to um, you know providing our guests with you know the custom burger of that they love. And it's helpful from a sales and margin perspective as well. Um, We also are very excited about our um, black truffle LTO that we have right now. So we're using real black truffle oil in our sauce. And it is, you know, truffle sauce, shallots, Gruyere cheese, you know, our fresh.
0: I'm drooling, by the way. It's hard I know, to It's, take. it's honestly yeah.
1: delicious. You know, <laughs> our beef has no hormones in it; just very high quality, um, all on that amazing potato bun. And you know, that product is really re- resonating very well with guests. We also have black truffle fries to go along with that. So. The fries have, are dusted with Parmesan and have a um, black truffle dipping sauce. Um, these are just great ways to engage with our guests. And what's really cool is that we recently started to launch um, some of these LTOs through our app only exclusively for a few days, you know, to give our app users kind of an added thank you, an incentive to come um, and, and use us through the app. And, you know, these are all, you know, it's still early days on all of this front, but we're very excited by uh, guest reception, both in our app and then as we have rolled out to all of our channels.
0: Were you able to uh, improve the beverage attachment rate because of the technology that you're using or just just a, a concerted effort more generally?
1: There's many things going on here, but what we do see you know, certainly our, our cold beverage innovation has been really important to helping us drive um, our beverage attach rate higher. So offering, you'll, you'll often see there we have a trio of LTO lemonades or a duo, um, and, and really pushing the needle um, is uh, our shake uh, mix as well. Um, that broadly has been doing better, but we see through our digital channels and through kiosks that when guests are accessing us in through those uh, ways, that they are more likely to add on a beverage, they're more likely to add on a fry. Um, I think that when I look at the way that our guests um, kind of take in the menu when they have the time, to sit on the kiosk, when they see the visuals there, I think they understand it better. I think that they are able to you know, say, yeah, I want to try that pomegranate yuzu lemonade with my order today, that looks delicious. Um, whereas sometimes if everybody, you know, there's a long line at, at the cash register, people might be a little bit more rushed with their order. And we see similar trends um, in the app. Um, and then also on delivery, we just tend to see a higher attach rate of various items.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, listen, it seems like that, that whole area is clicking, clicking for Shake Shack and um, a lot of, uh, lot of opportunity uh, in the future to obviously continue to innovate, which is the lifeblood of, of the industry. Switching gears again, uh, you can't have a CFO conversation without capital allocation and value creation and all that stuff, which is actually super exciting to people like us. What's your philosophy on, and I know this is a, a management and board decision, it's not just you in a vacuum, but how do you approach capital allocation and how do you see creating value for stakeholders, for, uh, for Shake Shack in the future? How do you, how do you think about that?
1: Yeah, we have um, a little over $400 million of cash on the balance sheet right now. Um, and, you know, this is a business which historically had kind of funded its own unit growth through free cash flow generation. Uh, we are in the very unique, uh, we have a very unique opportunity right now, though, to really leverage our balance sheet here um, and deploy it um, to new unit growth. So when I see, you know, our amazing pipeline ahead, I think that those are some of the best returns we can uh, provide for shareholders is by building more restaurants. Um, On the other side of the table, though, is also kind of how we play for the long term and really invest in this business overall. Mm -hmm. And it goes into digital, building out an even bigger digital ecosystem here and really providing more opportunities for our guests to engage with us. Um, We've talked about um, offering... Um, targeted promotions through the app as a way to, you know, continuously engage with our guests in the digital ecosystem and drive more users there. Um, but there's also broader uh, marketing initiatives that we have slated um, for next year and going forward. Again, you know, as you, you kind of alluded to this, you know, just continuously learning about where, you know, we're having the most impact by our investments and wanting to grow our brand and brand awareness. You know We're really strong in our core markets. We are opening up more and more restaurants in newer locations, just making sure that we remain you know, top of mind um, for all of our guests.
0: Yeah, well, listen, Katie. It's been uh, this has been a really quick half hour. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Um, you are already a seasoned pro at CFO. Um, I can already tell that, and congratulations on the transition. I think more generally, uh, you know, Shake Shack to me seems to be squarely on offense. Lots of initiatives clicking, um, a lot of uh, financial wherewithal to make it happen over the next decade, and such a cool company to play long ball. Um, you know, this is a, a growth story that could unfold for the next uh, two decades, if not more. So uh, congratulations on everything. And we look forward to uh, talking to you again down the road.
1: Great, Tom, this was wonderful. Great way to spend my afternoon. Always great to catch up with you.
0: The restaurant business post-COVID has changed permanently. Customers have gotten used to digital technologies and convenience means they have more options than ever. Speaking with Katie gives me a lot of confidence that Shake Shack remains on the cutting edge of change and can deliver on high expectations to both customers and investors alike. At Welcome to the Arena, we're working really hard to bring you exciting guests and great content. If you found this episode insightful, subscribe to the show on your podcast app or leaving a five-star rating. The more the show grows, the more interesting voices we can have on the podcast. And in turn, that should demystify a lot of the stakeholders around public companies and soon to be public companies. I'd like to thank Katie Fogarty of Shake Shack for joining us today. Top quality food and an experience to match. What could be better? I'm your host, Tom Ryan. We'll see you next time back in the arena.
1: References to specific stocks are not intended to be recommendations for specific trading behaviors.